Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am your host here each and every Saturday morning on a talk show uh, that discusses estate planning, all things elder law, wills versus trusts, nursing home eligibility, uh, how we can use legal tools to protect you, your family, your finances from these harsh government rules. And on today's episode, we're going to be speaking about one particular harsh rule that is coming um, down the road here in about two months that is going to impact a lot of listeners. If you have a family member in a nursing home, if you have a family member on Medicaid, if you are on Medicaid, you need to listen to this episode because there's going to be a whole lot of people with problems with their Medicaid eligibility come this coming April. Uh, and we're going to teach you how to protect yourself. We're going to teach you how to avoid this type of situation in the first place. So uh, before we get into the heart of uh, the matter here, I want to first do a little disclaimer that you should not uh, take any actions, legal or financial, based on what you hear on this or any other radio show. This is for your education. This is in for your information. This is not legal advice. I'm happy to give you legal advice, but you got to give me a call first at 724-546-4227. Again, 724-546-4227. Or more likely, check us out at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. We, uh, we have tons of resources on that website. You can find out all about Medicaid. You can find out all about wills and trusts. And importantly, you can schedule to come to one of our upcoming estate planning and elder law workshops where we're going to teach you all about how to protect yourself and your family. You know, if, if you're uh, the type of person who knows that you need to be doing some estate planning, you've just been putting it off for months and months and months, years and years and years. Um, here we are, January. It's it's New Year's resolution time. It's time to get some of the important stuff done here at the beginning of the year. And there is no better way, in my opinion, to get yourself a fantastic estate plan with all the tools you need, wills and trusts and everything you need. We're going to teach you all about all of that. Uh, come to one of our upcoming estate planning workshops. We educate you on all of those tools, which ones you need, why you might need all of them, and um, and we've come up with a way to get you those tools at a very reasonable price. So go to secklerlawfirm.com and check out our upcoming estate planning workshops where you can learn all about that. Um, okay, so today's episode is about Medicaid redetermination. So what the heck is a Medicaid redetermination and why spend a whole half an hour talking about it? Well, here's the thing. <coughs> We've discussed this over and over and over, and I'll, uh, I'll give a little bit of an overview again today, but when people go to the nursing home and they run out of money, they eventually end up on Medicaid benefits. Uh, Medicaid will pay the nursing home, but Medicaid is a needs-based program, which means you can't have much money and still be eligible for the program. Now, here's the challenge. From time to time, people on Medicaid come into additional resources. Um, you sell something you were allowed to have. Like, for example, you're allowed to be on Medicaid and own a house and own a car. But what happens is sometimes while you're on Medicaid, those items sell, and then they convert to cash. Well, you're not allowed to have a bunch of cash, right? So um, 
And so then you've got these resources. Now, what Medicaid requires you to do is let them know when your financial picture changes, and they also require an annual redetermination to make sure that you are still financially eligible for Medicaid. That makes sense, right? I mean, you can't let somebody go on Medicaid on a state dime that is a a, a state-funded and implemented needs-based government program, put them on the roster, and then let them hit Powerball and leave them on the roster. So annually, you're supposed to redetermine what the, the state is supposed to redetermine whether you're still eligible financially. Here's the challenge. All those redeterminations they put on hold during COVID. They didn't want to kick a bunch of people off of their Medicaid benefits in the middle of a pandemic. Great. But now... Now they've got to go back and revisit. And so you've got a couple of years' worth of people who are on Medicaid, some of whom became financially ineligible for Medicaid, but because of the COVID rules, they were allowed to stay on the program. But the rules are changing back to the old way, and now they're going to get booted. So I was reading uh, an article. I want to say it was uh, uh, U.S. News, but it might have been somebody else, so don't quote me on that, um, where the estimate was somewhere between 5 and 14 million Americans on Medicaid stand to potentially lose their coverage. Now, there aren't that many um, people in nursing homes on Medicaid. Uh, So this is broader than just the nursing home. So if you're on traditional Medicaid benefits, um, this could impact you as well. But today what I want to do is focus on our families, the, the demographic my law firm largely supports, and that is people residing in nursing homes on Medicaid. And how can we make sure that you get to keep your benefits once these rules change back. And if you happen to know somebody that is in a nursing home, you might want to direct them to this podcast because this is going to be pretty helpful for them. Um, you can always find it on Apple iTunes. Uh, if you have any questions, just email us at info at secularlawfirm.com or give us a call 724-546-4227. But the information in this episode is going to save somebody a whole bunch of headache and a whole bunch of money um, wrestling with, with the Medicaid program by putting themselves back in the right position prior to the state knocking on the door. All right. So so let's let's do an overview of Medicaid and let's do a deeper dive on how this could be a problem, right? So so the Medicaid rules for nursing home long-term care Medicaid, if if I'm a you have to understand they treat single people differently than they treat married people and they treat assets differently than they treat income. So let's do a single person example. Now this could be a single person, this could be a widower, this could be a widow who needs the nursing home. Well, to become eligible for Medicaid to pay the nursing home, you're not allowed to have much money. So what happens is you have to spend all of your own money until it goes away. Then you can apply for Medicaid benefits. Medicaid benefits, unfortunately, only allow you to keep either $2,400 or $8,000, depending on your income. So let's just say you're allowed to have $8,000. You're allowed to have $8,000 plus a house and a car. Uh, and a couple other ancillary things, but uh, the assets you're, you, the the big assets you're allowed to keep are the house, a car, and uh, up to eight thousand dollars. But here's what happens for a single person: all of their monthly income now has to go to the nursing home. So I've got to pay all of my monthly income over to the nursing home, with the exception of say like forty five dollars a month in Pennsylvania. I'm allowed to keep forty five dollars a month. For all of my personal needs, the rest of the income has to go to the state of Pens- uh, to the nursing home. But I'm allowed to own a house. But here's the challenge. I've only got a few thousand dollars left, and then the property tax bill shows up. 
or the um, car insurance bill shows up, the homeowner's insurance bill shows up, utilities show up. And I don't have any money for any of that. So then what happens is the kids, via power of attorney document, probably decide to sell dad's house. We don't have enough money to sell dad's house. Uh, we don't have a, enough money, rather, to support dad. And so we need to sell his house. And so then what happens is the kids sell the house. Now dad, who owned the house, now that dad has cash. And you're not allowed to have cash, right? So in normal times, that would result in dad getting booted off of Medicaid until he spent those home sale proceeds back down below $8,000. Uh, and now he's broke again, and now he can go back on Medicaid. Now, to me, that's tragic and terrible, right? Um, why are we taking this fellow's house when he's already lost everything else, and now we've got to take his house? But that's the way the rules work, right? So here's the thing. During COVID, if Dad sold his house, and I'm going to venture that there's, that there's lots of people in this situation. During COVID, for the last two or three years, if the house was sold— Medicaid didn't boot dad off for becoming over-resourced for Medicaid during, because of these COVID rules. But what they're going to do is they're going to come around and they're going to start knocking on doors and sending letters and saying, okay, well, here's your paperwork you got to fill out. you got to let us know what your, what your financial snapshot is now because if you are over-resourced now, we're going to kick you off of Medicaid. So I can tell you that there are people around who have come into this situation where they have sold off some assets, or there's other ways that you could become over-resourced. Remember how I said that you have to give all your monthly income to the nursing home? Well, not every Medicaid recipient is a great steward of money, and they don't always write the check to the nursing home. So if they're not writing the check to the nursing home, that money is now accumulating in a checking account. That will eventually push it over $8,000, and they're going to lose their eligibility as well. Um, or perhaps somebody that's in a nursing home has received an inheritance. Well, money came in, significant change in the person's financial situation. Now they have too much money for Medicaid uh, eligibility. Hasn't been a problem for the last two years. It's going to be a problem come April 1st because the, the COVID era rules end March 31st. So if you are in this situation, if you know somebody in this situation who may risk losing their Medicaid benefits, um, this is a time to get some legal help. We're available to help you with this. We can analyze your situation prior to Medicaid knocking on the door. We can have an answer for what we're going to tell them when they do knock on the door. Um, and we can put you in a financial position possibly to keep some of that. You know, it's not uncommon even after somebody's in the nursing home. Let's say dad sells his house and let's say the $200,000 comes in from the sale of that house. Well, it's not uncommon for us to be able to protect 50, 60% of the value of that house, even after dad's in the nursing home, but you have to have a plan. If you don't go at this with a plan, you got some big challenges coming your way. So um, reach out. You can call. You can look us up and get in touch with us at 724-546-4227 or check out secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, um, where you'll find some resources and you'll find the, uh, the, the ability to get on our calendar and get in here and review it. Now, not able to offer a free consultation to everyone who is on Medicaid, just traditional Medicaid benefits, but if you are on nursing home Medicaid benefits, which could include like the LIFE program, if you're on, nursing, if you're on Medicaid long-term care benefits, 
we can offer you a free consultation to review the situation um, and see if we can't keep you in the nursing home with it being paid without a whole bunch of headache and, and financial loss. Um, okay, so that is the Medicaid redetermination. If you happen to work in the healthcare industry, if this isn't on your radar, you should be because there's going to be a lot of nursing homes who get stuck with a resident who loses their Medicaid eligibility, and it's really tricky for nursing homes to boot somebody out because of financial uh, reasons. Uh, and so if you work at a nursing home, I know there's a lot of people that work at nursing homes that listen to this show. If you work in a nursing home, give us a call. Let's put together a plan so that we make sure that your residents stay on Medicaid so that your residents continue to get the health care they need and you don't have unpaid bills. Um, it's, a, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, okay, now. What I want to do is I want to shift gears a little bit here, and I want to talk to you because maybe you've found that interesting, but it really doesn't apply to you. Um, maybe you're looking at a nursing home placement. Maybe you're, you're just wondering about, well, what happens if I get sick down the road? Um, and I preach on this show all the time about the need to do asset protection work. And this redetermination business is like case in point as to why this matters. So my favorite tool that we like to use to protect assets from these harsh government rules that require you to go broke is a Medicaid Asset Protection Trust. Um, and in that trust, we typically would fund the house. Okay, so in goes the house. Now, this, this whole redetermination points out the reason why the house should be in the trust. I, I think there's lots of retirees Middle-class, upper-middle-class retirees should be owning their home in a asset protection trust. Um, because if you do go to the nursing home, after five years, the assets in the trust are safe from the financial eligibility rules. But the rest of your assets are still subject to, the, to those rules. So you may still go through some money. And then once you're financially eligible for, for Medicaid, now your monthly income has to go to the nursing home. Okay. So you got the house sitting in a trust. It's protected from long-term care expenses. Um, the rest of your finances are gone and your income is gone. So it, you might find yourself in a similar position here where it is time to sell the house that is in the trust. But here's the interesting thing. You don't own that house anymore. The trust owns that house. So when the trust sells the house, the funds, the home sale proceeds, do not become an available resource for the nursing home. So it's the same situation. You could be in the same nursing home on the same Medicaid program. The fellow who owns his house in his own name, when he sells the house, he's going to lose his Medicaid benefits and the value of the house. For the person who was smart enough ahead of time to put the house into an asset protection trust, when that house sells, that home equity, be it a couple of hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is, that money's safe. That money's ultimately going to be an inheritance for the kids. Um, and the only difference that could that could be a several hundred thousand dollar swing was that the one the gentleman number two who had his house in the trust spent a few thousand dollars on a trust, and now we protected all that money from long term care expenses. And this is the kind of stuff that we teach you in our estate planning and elder law workshop, which we're doing a couple of them this month. Uh, you should check them out. There's there's some coming up. They're really convenient. Most of them are right in Cranberry Township, which you can get to really easily from anywhere. Um, and you're going to come, and I'm going to teach you these Medicaid rules in greater depth. We're going to talk about death taxes, federal state tax. We're going to talk about Pennsylvania's inheritance tax. 
Um, we're going to talk about the difference between wills and trusts. We're going to talk about the difference between revocable trusts and irrevocable trusts and why someone might choose one or the other or both. Uh, it's really good information. We've been doing these seminars now for about 10 years and put thousands of people have come to these seminars and, and become educated on this stuff. Uh, and uh, and we've refined it. it. It's really good information. So come check it out. It's good information you're gonna you, you need uh, to understand. Um, we're uh, we're pretty friendly people around here. It's not an intimidating thing, and you can make your decision whether you want to move forward from there. It's a free workshop. Okay. Now um, let's also spin and chat about um, folks that maybe don't have five years. So um, I was just saying that. In my opinion, it makes a heck of a lot of sense for people who um, are worried about the potential of needing long-term care in the future to hold their house and potentially some other assets in a trust that can protect it. Okay, but what if you know you don't have five years? So that, that's a five-year play. The trust is a five-year play. Now, it, you don't, it doesn't have to be five years, depending on the math and depending on your assets, but it's best done five years ahead of time. But what about folks who, look, my dad is already sick. Um, we're looking at placement now. We want to know the difference between, say, an assisted living facility and a skilled nursing facility. And we want to know if Medicaid or Medicare or VA benefits is going to be an option for us or if we're going to be out of pocket at ten grand a month. And you just simply need to know where to go next. Unfortunately, we have a complicated and fragmented long-term care um, system for seniors, right? There's no information desk to go to where they can answer all of these questions. Um, and unfortunately also, you can't just make care decisions based only on the care needs. Um, in a lot of situations, you have, a, you have one spouse needs long-term care. One spouse is the sick spouse. The other spouse is the healthy spouse. In our business, we call that the community spouse. And so... In a situation where dad needs a nursing home or needs some additional level of care, mom's doing fine. Mom might live another 20 years in the house, and now we're looking at potentially taking on a, a, a care bill that could be seven, eight, ten thousand dollars a month. And the question is, how is mom going to continue to have her retirement if we're blowing through ten thousand dollars a month or more? So then the alternative is mom becomes the primary caregiver, which is difficult for mom to do. One, it's not the retirement that they dreamed of. Uh, second, the physical requirements of being a caregiver are, are exhausting. Um, third, the training might not all be there, right? Do you really know how to do some of these things? And so here's my fear. My fear is that people look at this situation and they know that nursing homes are expensive they know that assisted living facilities are expensive and they look at it and they see a bill at an assisted living facility that might be like seven or eight thousand dollars and they think can't do that and then they go to the nursing home and the nursing home is ten or eleven thousand dollars can't do that either but what if the nursing home wasn't eleven thousand dollars what if we could put together a plan where the nursing home only costs a couple of thousand dollars. It really only costs the income that month, especially in a married case. What if 
the nursing home didn't cost $11,000 because we were able to get dad eligible for Medicaid to pay the nursing home. Now, Medicaid's paying the nursing home. Mom's at home having an okay retirement, not blowing through all the money, not being the primary caregiver every single day of the rest of her life, um, which is going to cause her own health issues. Um, And I think that if more people knew what you were legally allowed to do to become eligible for Medicaid benefits. There would be a lot more people that would consider placement in a nursing home. Um, Because there are, like we've got the, like just consider this for a second. We have a healthcare delivery system for seniors that essentially requires you to decide between your health or your money, right? Because if I need the care facility, I'm gonna go through my money. If I stay home, I may not get the care that I need, but at least I didn't blow my entire life savings. And what a, what a bad position to put our seniors in. What an unfortunate situation we have. But what if there was a way that we could get dad the care that he needs without going broke? Mom's able to keep some money, and so now dad can get the care he needs. Mom still has the finances for the rest of her life. Um, and would that be a better situation? And what if I told you, that's the kind of thing that we're doing for families about a half a dozen times a month in our office. Um, and it all starts with an initial consultation. We have in our office um, <clears throat> a social worker. Her name's Megan. Megan's great. Um, Megan helps people find the right care, right? So she spent more than 10 years as a social worker working in a nursing home before she came to work for my law firm. Uh, and she is... Um, she is great at visiting with mom, visiting with dad, understanding what the care needs are, understanding the local facilities in our area and how we can get mom or dad the care they need. And then we couple that with our excellent attorneys who put together the financial plan. Okay. So based on the conversation with the family, dad needs this level of care. Got it. Based on dad's need for this level of care, here's our financial and legal plan to get Medicaid to pay for it without going broke in the process. So now we're getting dad the care he needs, plus not going broke in the process. And what I'm describing you is, is to you is a process called life care planning. Um, it's based on the idea that though it's complicated, the care needs of a senior can be planned for. Um, and, and we work right at the intersection between the health care needs in the financial and legal requirements for programs to pay for the health care. And it's a shame that you need a lawyer to help figure this out. It's a shame that you need a social worker to figure this out. Heck, Medicare should just be paying for this, right? In a perfect world, you wouldn't need to go broke because you have Alzheimer's disease. You know, if you have cancer, cancer is a terrible disease, but from a financial standpoint, a lot of the time, Medicare is paying for the care associated with cancer, be it uh, drugs, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery. Um, Medicare pays for a lot of that. But if you have dementia, then you're on your own from a financial standpoint. If, you're, if your care needs are um, custodial in nature, you're on your own. Medicare just simply doesn't pay for that. So we're all bought into this big myth that when we're seniors – that the government's going to have our back from a health care standpoint, but they don't pay for the single biggest health care expense that seniors face, and that's custodial long-term care. And so then, unfortunately, you have to go out and hire an elder law attorney like me to help you figure the whole thing out. Um, I, I say this probably once a week. I shouldn't have a job. I shouldn't have a job.
You should just be able to get the care you need without worrying about going broke. But unfortunately, lots of families find out that you do need an elder law attorney when you, when, um, if you're concerned about protecting assets, if you're concerned about where am I going to live and how am I going to pay for it. And if I've got a health care issue that I know is going to require me to need long-term care, how can I get that care without my wife going broke? I don't want my wife changing my diaper. I don't want my wife to jeopardize her entire retirement because I'm not well. I want to get the care. If I got to go in the place, I got to go in the place. But I want my wife to be financially stable. That's the way I look at it. Would those objectives be the same for everybody? No. Am I trying to impose those on you as they should be your objectives? No. But you should understand how this system works, and then you can make your own decision. And so we teach you all about that. We we are now holding. Every other week, we're holding Medicaid workshops in our office at 10 a.m. on Thursdays. Every other week, you come in, you meet Megan, you meet one of the attorneys, and we will teach you all about Medicaid eligibility. We'll teach you a little bit about, okay, so if you've got these resources, here's how this could work. And we start down the path of helping you to understand how this system is going to impact you. Because, face it, folks, if you're listening to this saying, that'll never be me. Nursing homes are full of people who were never going to nursing homes. You understand? One in three of us are going to have dementia. One in three. That's just dementia. So one in three of us are going to have dementia. That doesn't count mobility issues. That doesn't count Parkinson's. That doesn't count any of the other things that might require meaning long-term care. One in three of us will have dementia. So when you couple these statistics times the fact that nursing homes in Pennsylvania cost about $170,000 a year, Okay, one in three chance of needing care. Nursing homes are $170,000 a year. Boy, this has to be the biggest financial threat to my family. Of course, if I get sick, my wife is going to be in, in financial difficulty. I mean, if I'm, if I'm in a nursing home for five years, we're talking about $800,000. Who has $800,000? And if you do have $800,000, do you really want to do you really want to spend it on long-term care costs? Or would you rather take steps now to protect yourself, protect your spouse, to make sure that you and she or you and he have the lifestyle you want in retirement, the lifestyle that you've been thinking about for 50 or 60 years? Um, and not have it be interrupted by these crazy government rules. If you think like I think, you should come to one of our upcoming workshops, and I'm going to teach you how to do it. SecklerLawFirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, LawFirm.com, SecklerLawFirm.com, or give us a call at 724-546-4227, and we're going to teach you the things you need to know. I hope you found this weekend uh, this weekend's episode helpful. I hope you found it educational. If you're worried about Medicaid redeterminations, give us a call. Uh, we're here to help you. Anytime, I'll check you here next week. Thanks for listening. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.